the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Excited to be with you this Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Sun is setting here in the city of Pittsburgh. It's a chilly in the air. But, it's uh, chilly today. It is. It's downright cold. But Christmas is upon us. Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas to you, Christy Stockdale. Merry Christmas on the other side of this glass. Merry Christmas, guys. This Merry is Christmas. exciting. Fabulous. This is very exciting. We exchanged gifts before the show today, as we do here on the ride home. Oh man, the keys to that. Caddy. I love. I, I love what Christy got me. What the heck? John has always wanted that, like the car wrapped up in the red bow, like the commercial. You kidding me? So the fact that Christy did that is so great. Anything I, for you guys? Yeah, nice. that's she awesome. said, "Look out the window." Where you guys are, look down in the parking lot, and there she was waving at me. It was amazing. This gigantic bow on that 74 Buick Regal. I mean, holy smokes. <laughs> I would like, are you kidding? Mine? <laughs> Who Johnny? Who doesn't want a Buick Regal like that on Christmas? 78 was a good year, my friend. Wait till you see the Buick Regal commercial. It's going to include that. It's going to be great. Okay, all that's a lie. We kidding. don't exchange gifts. We do not. But uh, we're all happy to be here. Merry Christmas to all of you and your families, Excellent. you and yours. We're going to have a terrific show today. We're going to have celebration. We'll have some laughs. We'll have some good conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Thomas Kidd, historian from Baylor University, will be with us. Josh Brown, local pastor here from the Pittsburgh area, will be with us. And I have a weird animal story. <laughs> Plus the story of me getting my holiday pierogies this morning. Oh, you sealed the deal. I have sealed the deal. Excellent. I have them in my possession. Nice. Are they I even have the numbers. They are frozen. Frozen. Here's why. They're frozen because I need to travel with my family from Pittsburgh to Jersey mm-hmm. tomorrow. And upon arrival, they need to be cooked. So I need them to defrost. As you travel. As, as we travel. Every mile, a little drip. Exactly. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. It's about a six-hour trip, so I figure by the time we get there, we'll be in good shape. Give or take. I think I might put them in my old cooler that's kind of not efficient. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we keep them cold, but it's certainly not going to keep them frozen. Right. What if you like broke down and you were like stuck somewhere and you could like make the pierogies on the engine, like heat them up? Wouldn't yeah, that be that's, cool? yeah, but they're not cooked yet. You cook them on the engine. Oh, on the engine. But if we were broken down, well, maybe it was would the like, engine you know, be going? Maybe the engine would be going, but there was something else that was... What, is it, what kind of... How about a flat... Break, maybe just a flat tire. What kind of breakdown fantasy is this? <laughs> a pierogi one? Because <laughs> who doesn't want a bacon pierogi on the side of the turnpike? You want to know what, what kind I got? Mm. I got uh, five dozen potato and cheese. Nice. I got three dozen sauerkraut. Mm. I got two dozen cottage cheese and three dozen bacon and potato. Yeah, three dozen. Mm-hmm. Why, did, why didn't you do five dozen bacon and potato? Because that's so many. I mean, but everybody wants and the bacon. You know, those are the first to go. No, they're really? not in my family. I mean, people like them. Yeah, sure. But the potato and cheese is the beloved that's one. It, of course, yeah. And then next in line, to be honest with you, is sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Because they're delicious they with 
sour cream. All right, so did you bring the tubs of sour cream with you? No, I'm uh, I'm really glad you brought that up. I didn't think of that. So I think I, I was assuming that my niece who's hosting would have mm-hmm. those things, mm-hmm. but I should ask. Right. Because a pierogi without sour cream is like. What about applesauce? No, I don't like that. You don't do a little applesauce, Mm-mm. really? But I bet it would be good. I thought that was like standard. I really highly value sour cream yeah, when it comes to pierogi. And is there a favorite sour cream? Always, but it's not available anymore. The B and L? Nope. Breakstones. What Breakstones Breakstone? reduced fat sour cream is my all time favorite. And during COVID it went away. They just so found you, it up. You well no, there's no sour cream. More fat please. They don't make sour cream anymore, I guess. What? Breakstone? So you can it? buy breakstone cottage cheese, mm. but you can't buy breakstone sour cream and it is my favorite sour cream. Let's start a petition. I'm sad. A letter to you. <laughs> I think I'm gonna protest. Dear Breakstone. We're so upset with you. Anyway, without further ado, uh, it's a busy news day as always, mm-hmm, is it not? It is. So, Kath, please, uh, the news stories for the day. Give us the top four at four. All righty. For Thursday, December 23rd, 2021, it's almost Christmas. All ye. Number one. Two Democratic lawmakers who supported police reforms in Philadelphia and Chicago were both carjacked just hours apart from each other. Yeah. Democratic Congresswoman Mary Gay Scanlon, age 62, was robbed at gunpoint in Philadelphia's FDR Park Wednesday afternoon, 16 hours after Illinois State Senator Kimberly Lightford, age 53, and her husband Eric were also carjacked Tuesday night in a suburb 20 minutes outside of Chicago. If it wasn't so ironic, it'd be it's yeah, super exactly. scary. Law enforcement officials confirmed that FBI agents and state police have arrested five people, four males and one female, in connection to the theft of Scanlon's car. Now, additionally, speaking of Chicago, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot pleaded to the federal government for additional law enforcement resources to crack down on rampant crime, despite supporting measures to defund her city's police just last year. How about this? Hmm. Amid the anti-police protesting in 2020, uh, Lori Lightfoot pledged to cut $80 million from her city's police budget. But on Monday, she changed course and publicly pleaded for federal law enforcement agents to come to her city to help crack down on illegal guns. That's according to Fox17.com. Good gravy. How All about right. that? How scary would it be to be carjacked? Oh, my gosh. All right. Don't, don't touch my regal. Do not even think about going there, my friends. Number two. If you are pining for that nostalgic white Christmas depicted on holiday greeting cards with billowing swirls of clean snow, don't look for it in Pittsburgh this year. According to the trip, Christmas Day will be unseasonably warm with a potential high of 57 and a low of 42. But that shouldn't be surprising because the Pittsburgh region sees an official white Christmas only about 30% of the time. Really? According to an analysis of National Weather Service data for the last 70 years. And number three, I promised you a weird animal story. Yeah, bring it on. Mm -hmm. You're the one who told me about it, so it's not going to be a big surprise for you. Nine days after a tornado demolished his three-story office building in downtown Mayfield, Kentucky, Sonny Gibson was standing in the rubble when he thought he heard a faint meow, which instantly, John, gave him hope that his office cat, Maddox, who hadn't been seen since before the storm hit, was alive. He had tried to find the solid black cat that liked to greet his customers of his rental business, but he gave up after a few days. He said this, quote, I don't know how anything could have survived, not just the tornado, but all the destruction that came along with it. But there was this little meow. Mm-hmm. So he called some employees who came to help search, couldn't find anything. But then 
they uncovered the cat in a hole beneath the rubble. He said if cats actually have nine lives, Maddox probably used up about eight of them in this nine-day period. Good news is, other than being very hungry and thirsty, Maddox was unscathed. Uh, Gibson said he took Maddox home, where he will live out the rest of his days as a house cat, Mm. so forget the whole office thing. That's nice. He said it's a blessing for people to hear the story of Maddox so they can take that and realize that great things can come out of terrible situations. If it's uplifting to one person, he said, then Maddox has served his purpose on this planet. Fabulous It's according to today's CBS News. And number four, I'd like to say to both of you and all listening, happy Festivus, the holiday for the rest of us. It's a secular holiday normally celebrated on this day, December 23rd, meant as an alternative to the pressures and commercialization of Christmas, but we really honor Seinfeld. I mean, that's really what we're doing, right? Uh, The episode, which was season nine, uh, was aired December 18th, 1997. And so um, we will be uh, raising... 24 years. Oh, that's good. That's good math. Uh, We will be raising our uh, Festivus poll. Yes, mm-hmm. that's for the rest of us. And we will have an airing of grievances, and that is your top four. <laughs> <laughs> the airing of grievances. Mm-hmm. That is a Are you ready? Show. You wish- <laughs> no, no. No, we're not no, going no. Oh, we're going to do that off the air. I mean, really. George's have, dad. We have a new thing on our stream, uh, the Ride Home Streaming Live on YouTube at the word Pittsburgh. And as of yesterday, uh, now we keep the cameras on during the commercial breaks. What's so that? heaven no I don't know. That was some... Was somebody's Management saying, let's go. So I'm not shutting it off. So maybe we could air our grievances in silence. No. And then people can just imagine what we're saying to one another. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to air any grievances. Are you a Seinfeld whatsoever. fan? Oh, I, yes, I am. I mean, I know you're a big Jerry Seinfeld yes. fan. Are you, a, are you a Seinfeld show fan? Of course I am. Yeah. Christy, does that mean anything to you? Yeah, I've watched it. What? You like it? Yeah. Hey, wait a second. I saw the other day, I'm glad this came up, um, the Golden Girls <laughs> puppet stage show is coming to Pittsburgh, I believe, in February. Stop it. Yeah. Need mm-hmm. tickets. Yeah. You mean like hand puppet? I saw the Are poster. Are we talking like High was, on the Hill was a lonely goat herd? I was you know, walking like, down the... <laughs> <sound> <laughs> the music. Like Julie Andrews has got like all the golden girls and she's... Where was I? I was like, it's like some walking by some coffee shop or something. You know how sometimes coffee shops have all the posters. It was a large poster and there were these golden girl puppets announcing. So it's coming. You mean marionettes or puppets? I'm like not with, sure. I just know. John, get it together. Right, it's half okay. a story. In the break. <laughs> no, no. It's a, <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> it's February. we got plenty of time to work on it. Okay? okay? I mean, heck. All right. As we step away, yes. uh, we're going to get Dr. Thomas Kidd with us. He's in the on-deck circle right now. We're mm. going to talk about Christmas in 1776. You think it was better than today? I think it would probably be unrecognizable. I bet it was quieter. WORD. All this week, we continue our series on Truth For Life called A Child Is Born, celebrating the good news of Jesus' birth as we look beyond the manger to see an everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and an eternal kingdom. Join us Monday through Friday on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. 
Your $60 gift to save the children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now. 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at SaveChildrenToday.org. That's SaveChildrenToday.org. Whether you're dreaming of a white Christmas, thinking about a red-nosed reindeer, or just rocking around the Christmas tree, the team at Accurate Solutions Group would like to say thank you to everyone who helped make this year such a success. So from our family to yours, we wish you a Merry Christmas. As we turn the calendar to a new year, we would be honored to help you with your retirement planning resolutions. Give Accurate Solutions Group a call today, 412-515-0005. Accurate Solutions Group can help you create a retirement blueprint so you can find out if this is the year you can finally retire. Call 412-515-0005. Accurate Solutions Group, that's 412-515-0005 or online at asgretire.com. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. Visit Salem.cc to apply. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Uh, now, the the Christmas wars of the past decade or so, the the time when we would be outraged at the uh, Starbucks Christmas cup, cup right. that whole thing. And because someone said Happy Holidays at Target. Right. Or maybe the crush was moved from... A public courthouse. To a... Civic center. Something, something, yeah, or some, maybe a church yard or something like that. Some guy who knew some guy. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, Or maybe the fact that I don't get Christmas cards anymore. I just get people's pictures of their families. Happy holidays. Right? I mean, all those things. I think if you've been a believer for a, even a shorter period of time, you've noticed these things that have happened here in the United States of America. But Which makes you wonder, what was Christmas like in days of old? Specifically, 1776. Well, Dr. Thomas Kidd is back with us. He is the James Vardaman Distinguished Professor of History at Baylor University. Thomas Kidd's books include Benjamin Franklin, The Religious Life of the Founding Father, and American Colonial History, Clashing Cultures and Faiths. Uh, Dr. Kidd, welcome back. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Hey, Thomas. So as we're talking about the crazy Christmas wars, um, I, I guess my first question is, what would the colonists or the er- earliest of Americans have thought about these types of arguments? Uh, they would have been uh, perplexed, I think, <laughs> because 
first of all, they, they just they didn't fight very much about the public uh, observation of, of Christmas. Um, if, if they fought about things, it was more that the, the Puritans of uh, colonial New England uh, did not observe Christmas because they didn't see it as biblical. They saw it as an old medieval Catholic tradition, and that was not a good thing if you're if you're a Puritan. And so they, they the Puritans just simply wouldn't acknowledge Christmas. Really? They would just have a, a regular, you know, if it was around December 25th, they would have a regular church service, and they would say nothing about Christmas and just proceed business as usual. Uh, but but in, the, in the middle colonies of New York and New Jersey, places like that in the South, the more Anglican colonies, they, they would observe Christmas. Um, and didn't see any problem with it. Wait, so Thomas, the Puritans wouldn't observe Christmas because it was too Catholic? Yeah, they they had, you know, you'll hear sometimes today about it's, you know, it's an old, you know, fertility pagan festival right. with trees and stuff. Yeah, we talked about they that. They had that, sort of that view of it, that they, they didn't see any biblical warrant uh, for celebrating, especially a December Christmas. Um, of course, they believed in the incarnation and the, the you know, Bethlehem and all that stuff. They just didn't see the festival as practice as being a biblical uh, thing, and so they would preach about uh, the incarnation and Bethlehem and the angels. You know, when they came to that in their uh, you, know, you know preaching guide in the Bible, but, but no December or Christmas. Interesting. So, Thomas, of course, uh, Christmas here in the United States and around the world is driven commercially by um, media companies and, uh, you know, for-profit companies who are selling, uh, you know, air fryers and whatnot. Merry Christmas. So as a historian, you've been able to look back, I would imagine, at newspapers, periodicals to see how media would cover Christmas in 1776. What have, what have you discovered? I've discovered that there's not much of that in the colonial period, and especially in 1776, uh, Americans are fighting a war and uh, that is, is happening in America, the Revolutionary War. So George Washington in December of 1776, in fact, on Christmas night, was the crossing of the Delaware, the, the frozen Delaware River to attack the Hessian mercenaries at Trenton, New Jersey, and so he had other things to do than be worrying about, you know, buying the the latest Christmas present and and so forth. So uh, some of it is because of the wartime conditions going on in the 1770s and 80s, but you do start to see a little bit right after the war is over. You you do start to see a little bit of commercialism coming in, um, and you know I don't know if it's the first example of it, but in, in 1783. You start to see some advertisements really? for you know, what they say are Christmas and New Year's presents, um, and uh, they, they, you know, advertisers are talking about their products being uh, really cheap and, and appropriate for the holiday and so forth. And you say, ah, well, there's some examples of that that sort of commercialism. But but what we've got with Black Friday and you know Santa Claus and Coca-Cola ads with Santa Claus and all that that's that's really mostly a 20th and 21st century thing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Dr. Thomas Kidd with us from Baylor University. Um, Thomas, we've talked often with you in the past about the idea, the kind of the contemporary idea that uh, 
as Americans slide further away from Christianity and have a more secularized culture, um, the less they're in touch with the original roots of the country, that our founding fathers were men of faith and that, you know, that the rampant secularization, especially of schools and universities, is just taking us away from the original story. Um, and I hear that when people talk about Christmas, too. If we could only go back to the original Christmas when, you know, the founding fathers all, you know, endorsed i don't know what um how do you feel about those historic arguments when it comes to the holiday well i mean there's something to it. i think that somebody like george washington if he had been able to be home in 1776 certainly would have gone to church on you know the sunday of christmas week um and and would have celebrated christmas at home uh, it wasn't so public, I don't think, as, as what we have today. And, and the fact that it became public, especially in the 20th century, um, sets it up to be much more controversial. The, the, the controversies that you described about uh, fighting about whether you have a Christmas dis- display on the courthouse square, right. um, I, I think those are really things that start to come up in the 1960s. And one of the, one of the essential changes that you have to have first is uh, widespread electricity, um, because huh. widespread electricity brings nighttime Christmas displays. Mm-hmm. And then some people think, well, we'll have those on government property. And so in the 1960s, you get the first major court case about a uh, Christmas display at the White House, mm-hmm. uh, outside of the White House, uh, that was, of course, electrical and all, all that. And that, I, I think, means that it's really been only the past 50 years or so that we've we've specifically fought about those kinds of displays. The founding fathers would have never heard of fighting about things like that because they didn't have them. Right. Okay. So that's interesting, Thomas. I I did not know that there was a a court case. Was there something religious at the White House in the 1960s that caused a a little bit of brouhaha? Yeah, I mean, there there was uh, um, uh, the the Nixon White House. Of course, Nixon has a problematic relationship with all kinds of things, but, <laughs> yes, but uh, they they had a nativity scene huh. at the White House uh, outside of the White House, uh, and and that resulted in a court case in 1969 to try to get them to uh, remove any kind of Christian hmm. symbolism from the White House. And was it eventually taken down? Of course. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, 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 and so that that has led, of course, you know, from the White House all the way down to courthouse, you know, scenes. And what we tend to do now is to have like Christmas trees, which are seen as sort of less controversial than having, uh, you know, a specifically biblical scene on public property. Right. And now you see the weird sort of juxtaposition of people who are like, you know, uh, Satanists who want to make a point right. so that, you know, the crash is someplace at a neutral place. But then, of course, the Satanists, they want their displays of some, you know, crazy devil-like figure next to the nativity scene. Right. And so so what the courts have tended to do is to say, well, I mean, if you're going to have a specifically biblical scene, then you've got to let everybody else have their you know weird wild stuff there too, uh, but the courts tend to be more accepting of things that are sort of generic, but not specifically Christmas uh, or Christian scenes uh, like a Christmas tree or Santa Claus or something like that. Dr. Thomas Kidd is with us from Baylor University. He's a history professor there, author of many books, including Benjamin Franklin, The Religious Life of a Founding Father, and American Colonial History, Clashing Cultures and Faiths. 
Um, you mentioned a few minutes ago in our conversation, Thomas, that in New England, the Puritans had kind of eschewed Christmas because it was, you know, too Catholic. They didn't, and I, I use that in air quotes, um, that it wasn't, you know, didn't have enough biblical basis. But then I, I want to hear more about like the mid-Atlantic states. You know, that was more Anglican, right? Less Puritan. Yeah. What did that mean for their Christmas celebration? What did it look like? Well, I mean, in some ways, it was what it ought to be, in my view, which is is mostly a church thing, okay. that, so that, so that it's part of the liturgical calendar. So that you know, and and you know, evangelicals, even low church Baptist churches like mine, you know, have a little bit of a liturgical calendar where Christmas and Easter, they know that it's that time of year, right? So, time to celebrate those things. And so, uh, in the Anglican colonies, they the thing you knew to do was to go to church uh, and you would celebrate Christmas at the appropriate time in December. Um, but but if you had a means to do it, there would also be uh, home-based celebrations and feasts uh, culminating uh, traditionally in the 12th night celebration, you know, the 12 days of Christmas and so forth. Uh, and the 12th night could be a real uh, kind of bash with lots of drinking and 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 all that and uh, and you know huge feasts for the you know the the plantation uh, masters and so forth and and uh, but of course poor people didn't have much of the resources to celebrate that uh, but it, but everybody could go to church and and observe the celebration of Christmas there. So then, Thomas, what I hear you saying, uh, d- despite the, the clashes of the culture and Christmas wars of the years past, it's best, like you and I and probably the majority of our listeners do, they would celebrate Christmas in the safety of their homes and, of course, in community with their fellow believers at their churches. That is the way it, it, it's, uh, it was best amplified then and perhaps now as well. Yeah, that's what Christmas mostly to regular Americans, or even someone like George Washington in 1776. And I think one of the comforting things I, I find about that is that as concerned as we should be about the rampant commercialism of, of Christmas and the holidays, you know, we can still do that, and we can still have a fairly simple family and church Christmas um, and by, mm-hmm. by observing that at the right time of the year and celebrating with our families and fellow believers. Thomas, it's always such a treat to talk to you. We really appreciate all the good work you've done over the years. We appreciate your presence on social media, which is always peace-giving. Yes. And that is very highly valued by those of us who might be in the silent majority on a social media, but I do want to mention it. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. It's our great pleasure. Dr. Thomas Kidd from Baylor University, Benjamin Franklin, the religious life of a founding father and American colonial history clashing cultures and faiths. And he's a good follow on Twitter. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. With the holidays right around the corner, would a little extra cash come in handy? Instead of loading up those high interest credit cards, get the cash you need the smart way. With home values at all-time highs and interest rates still low, Cash Call Mortgage can help you get the cash you need from your home's equity and get a low interest rate at the same time. 
How does a cash-out refinance mortgage and a rate and APR in the twos sound? We'll even cover the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. Need extra holiday cash? Want to pay off high-interest debt? Or just put money away for a rainy day? Then a cash-out refi from Cash Call Mortgage is the perfect solution. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. I admit, I weirdly like Christmas movies. And isn't it interesting that the heroes of these movies really do come in all shapes and sizes? A six-foot-four elf, an eight-year-old with some matchbox cars and a blowtorch, and a green furry fellow with a termite smile. So why then, when the one true hero of Christmas came to rescue us, did he come wrapped as a baby instead of the ultimate movie hero? I read a devotional recently that said, He did it to feel our struggles to experience our loneliness and each of our pains. He made the full commitment in order to be the full sacrifice. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, Christmas is both the most wonderful time of year and also a kind of tough time for many. But isn't it encouraging to be reminded that this Christmas is only one Christmas and that we have a true hero who came to deliver the hope of an eternity of better Christmases? Merry Christmas from your friends at United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hurry into Mattress Firm's year-end sale. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price. And save up to $500 on select mattresses from Sealy, Serta, Sleepies, and more. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. New federal guidelines have nearly doubled the number of black Americans eligible for lung cancer screening. Black men are the most likely Americans to die from lung cancer. And black people develop the disease earlier in life than others. Insurance companies are required to cover these tests for those ages 50 to 80 who smoke or used to smoke. If that's you. Talk to a doctor about lung cancer screening. For more information and to find a screening center near you, visit the National Lung Cancer Roundtable at nlcrt.org. Becoming partly cloudy tonight, we'll see a low of 34, but temperatures will rise into the lower 40s. For Christmas Eve tomorrow, we'll see low clouds with a little rain late in the afternoon. Expect a high tomorrow of 50. For Christmas Day Saturday, it will be mild with periods of rain. We'll reach a high Christmas Day of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. I have a holly bush outside my house. Hey, do you though? I was looking at it yesterday. It's great this time of year. It just looks wonderful. I mean, it looks better when there's snow on it. Yeah. But it still looks great. Are there red berries? Yep. Don't you love a holly bush? Yes. At our old house, we had a holly bush. Yeah. It was big. Yeah. They grow. You can have, it can be a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's definitely at the shrub form. Nice. I remember playing, you know, a ball and the ball going into the holly bush and you think, (gasps) oh, geez. I'm not going in there. How much do I want that? Right. Plus, my, you know, my sister's name is Holly. Right. Her due date was Christmas. And so that's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The holly bush. We used to cut pieces off and bring it inside. Oh, that's a nice thing. Fashion. You know. very, very poisonous for your pets. I did not know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might explain a couple stories there. What happened well, who, was the, who was the first dog with the... Cindy. Cindy. Might have been what happened to Cindy. Cindy, what's going on, my friend? <laughs> Dragging it over here. 
Hey, listen, I did Sunday. not know this. Um, when we were a little kids, our family would take us to Geneva on the lake, Lake Erie. And that was a big hot spot. Yeah, yeah a lot of people from Pittsburgh went there for Geneva vacation. on the lake. I remember like being a little kid and uh, being super excited because my siblings were super excited because appearing on the strip at Geneva on the lake were the Jaggers. Who are the Jaggers? What? Like Mc- the rapper? I don't know the Jaggers. Oh, my goodness. You don't know who the Jaggers are? No. That's Do you like, know who the Jaggers are, Christy? You don't know no. the Jaggers? Huh. Ramp, the ramp, the ramp. They call him the ramp. You don't know this? No. Oh, this is like, you know, like 60s Pittsburgh lore. They they, like is a that a local one, band? Yeah, the Jaggers. They had like a okay. number one national hit with the rapper. And they were at Geneva on the Lake. When I was a kid, that was like I couldn't believe my my older brother and sister were like the Jaggers are here. Oh my gosh! Imagine and your good fortune. We stood outside, and like you know, tried to, to listen. My father was like, "No, that is not." Anyway, long story short, <laughs> to go back to my original story here, going to Lake Erie was a great thrill, but now I did not know this. You can surf in the wintertime on Lake Erie. Lake Erie is orientated in the same direction as prevailing winter winds, often blowing from the west and the southwest. So October through January is surf season on Lake Erie. I I can't think of something that's less appealing to me. Strong winds on Lake Erie, up to eight feet tall, that crash onto the beaches of Prescott State Park. How about that? Lake surfers apparently are not picky, wrote Erie-based surfer Ryan Burke in an email. Quote, we are stoked every day when the waves arrive. Waves are in low supply. Any chance we get, surfs up. Can you imagine? I know you're wearing a wetsuit. I get that. But you're still freezing. What about your head? I don't know. This is an article in the Washington Post of all places. Uh, The icicles on their beards and brain freeze may sound brutal, but surfers say riding winter waves is swell. Get out of here. That's a commitment. Stop it. I mean, that's a... I'm just not doing that. No way. I mean, the only way you want to go in the ocean is when it's like June, July, August, Listen, when I was at the beach this summer, summer, I tell you, in July in in Jersey, northern Jersey. It's a cold beach. It's a very cold beach. I didn't go in the water. I was there for a week. That's a shame. I didn't go in the water. I mean, I mean... You know, like I was right. in the water, but, not but up I to wasn't. Your head. Yeah, I wasn't like swimming gloriously because it was cold. Yeah, you want to be in the ocean when it's so like I'm for sure ten. not doing it now in December. So knock mm-hmm. it out. If you want to do that, then great. All right. Well, I've uncovered this weird sort of. Mi- I'm surprised you don't know the Jaggers. Yeah. Are you disappointed in us? No, not disappointed. Just you know, to me that was like, like that was kind of like Beatlesque in a way. Huh. Okay. Because it was homegrown and with a gigantic song in the charts. Sure. Anyway. Uh, next, some Christmas readings. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new Christmas music. No. New. new music. New from Kane featuring Stephen Curtis Chapman. Wonderful. Wonderful. The first Noel from Stars Go Dim. Hallelujah from Blessing Offer. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The best new Christmas music. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends on Word FM. As the challenges of the pandemic continue, families living in poverty are facing fears. They're afraid of hunger. They're afraid of eviction. But they're not afraid of hard work. When two jobs aren't enough, they find a way to keep going for their families. 
But when you give to the Salvation Army Western PA, you help their hopes outpace their fears. Your donation to the Salvation Army Western PA Red Kettle Campaign helps local hardworking families fend off homelessness. Keep hope marching on. Give today at SalvationArmyWPA.org slash hope marches on. It's a fact that MyPillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels available for their product anymore. And because of that, they are passing their extra savings directly to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of MyPillow for their classic standard MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with a promo code. They also have queen size, regularly $79.98, only $24.98 with a promo code. Or king size, regularly $89.98, now only $29.98 with a promo code. MyPillow is not just pillows. They also have over 150 products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on mystore.com and frankspeech.com. Go to MyPillow.com, call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling right now, 800-391-0954 for the best deal on MyPillow. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Got church? We do 24-7. And now you can watch Cornerstone Television's Pittsburgh Faith and Family Channel on Comcast Channel 1185. Use the Faith and Family Channel to watch local inspirational services conveniently from your home. Or peruse our channel for a sneak peek at a church to visit in person this Sunday. Check out Pittsburgh Faith and Family on Comcast Xfinity Channel 1185, Verizon Channel 472, or Armstrong Channel 95. Of course, Christmas has many wonderful, beautiful aspects to it. And people who take the written word from their mind into the paper and then into books and magazines Mm -hmm. and whatnot over the years have produced some just incredibly gorgeous testament to the season, specifically the Christ child. And so these next few minutes, Kath and I will take a a little sort of wind down and read some of the pieces that we have found that we were edified by and would like to pass those along to you. So here is a series of some Christmas readings. This is called Christmas. By Frederick Buchner. The lovely old carols played and replayed till their effect is like a dentist drill or jackhammer. The pathetic banalities of the pulpit and the chilling commercialism of almost everything else. People spending money they can't afford on presents you neither need nor want. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Plastic Tree, the Cornball Crash, the Hallmark Virgin. Yet, for all of our efforts, we've never quite managed ruin it. That in itself is part of the miracle, a part you can see. Most of the miracles you can't see or don't. The young clergyman and his wife do all the things you do on Christmas Eve. They string the lights and hang the ornaments. They supervise the hanging of the stockings. They tuck in the children. 
They lug the presents down out of hiding and pile them under the tree. Just as they're about to fall exhausted into bed, the husband remembers his neighbor's sheep. The man asked him to feed them for him while he was away, and in the press of other matters that night, he forgot all about them. So, down the hill he goes, through the knee-deep snow. He gets two bales of hay from the barn and carries them out to the shed. There's a 40-watt bulb hanging by its cord from the low roof, and he turns it on. The sheep huddle in a corner, watching as he snaps the baling twine, shakes the squares of hay apart, and starts scattering it. Then they come bumbling and shoving to get at it with their foolish, mild faces, the puffs of their breath showing in the air. He is reaching to turn off the bulb and leave, when suddenly he realizes where he is. The winter darkness, the glimmer of light, the smell of the hay, and the sound of the animals eating. Where he is, of course, is the manger. He only just saw it. He whose business it is above everything else to have an eye for such things is all but blind in that eye. He who has on his best days believes that everything that is most precious anywhere comes from that manger might easily have gone home to bed never knowing he had himself just been in it. The world is the manger. It is only by grace that he happens to see this other part of the miracle. Christmas itself is by grace. It could never have survived our own blindness and depredations otherwise. It could never have happened otherwise. Perhaps it is the very wildness and strangeness of the grace that has led us to try to tame it. We have reduced it to an occasion we feel at home with. At best, a touching and beautiful occasion. At worst, a trite and cloying one. But if the Christmas event is itself indeed, as a matter of cold, hard fact, all it's cracked up to be, then even at best, our efforts are misleading. The Word became flesh. Ultimate mystery, born with a skull you could crush one-handed. Incarnation. It is not tame. It is not touching. It is not beautiful. It is uninhabitable terror. It is unthinkable darkness riven with unbearable light. Agonized laboring led to it. Vast upheavals of intergalactic space and time split apart, a wrenching and tearing of the very sinews of reality itself. You can only cover your eyes and shudder before it before this, quote, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, who for us and for our salvation, as the Nicene Creed puts it, came down from heaven. Came down. Only then do we dare uncover our eyes and see what we can see. It is the resurrection and the life she holds in her arms. It is the bitterness of death he takes at her breast. Christmas when I was 16. 
by Laura Ingalls Wilder. Written December of 1924. The snow was scudding low over the drifts of the white world outside the little claim shanty, blowing through the cracks in its walls and forming little piles and miniature drifts on the floor and even on the desks before which several children sat, trying to study. For this abandoned claim shanty, which had served as the summer home of a homesteader on the Dakota Prairie, was being used as a schoolhouse during the winter. The walls were made of one thickness of wide boards with cracks between, and the enormous stove that stood nearly in the center of the one room could scarcely keep out the frost, though its sides were a glowing red. The children were dressed warmly and had been allowed to gather closely around the stove following the advice of the county superintendent of schools who, on a recent visit, had said that the only thing he had to say to them was keep your feet warm. This was my first school. I'll not say how many years ago, but I was only 16 and 12 miles from home during a frontier winter. I walked a mile over the unbroken snow from my boarding place to school every morning and back at night. There were only a few pupils, and on this particular snowy afternoon, they were restless, for it was nearing four o'clock, and tomorrow was Christmas. Teacher was restless, too, though she tried not to show it, for she was wondering if she could get home for Christmas Day. It was almost too cold to hope for Father to come, and a storm was hanging in the northwest, which might mean a blizzard at any minute. Still, though, tomorrow was Christmas, and then there was a jingle of sleigh bells outside. A man in a huge fur coat in a sleigh full of robes passed the window. I was going home, after all. Now, when one thinks of 12 miles now, it's in terms of motor cars, and it means only a few minutes. But it was different then, and I'll never forget that ride. The bells made a merry jingle, and the fur robes were warm, but the weather, it was growing colder, and the snow was drifting so that the horses had to break their way through the drifts. We were facing the strong wind, and every little while, the driver had to stop the team, get out in the snow, and by putting his hands over each horse's nose in turn, thaw the ice from them where the breath had frozen over their nostrils. Then he'd get back in the sleigh, and on we'd go, until once more the horses could not breathe for the ice. When we reached the journey's end, it was 40 degrees below zero. The snow was blowing so thickly we could not see across the street, and I was so chilled I had to be half carried into the house. But I was home, home for Christmas, and the cold and danger were forgotten. Such magic there is in Christmas to draw the absent ones home, and if unable to go in the body, the thoughts will still hover there. Our hearts grow tender with childhood memories and love of kindred, and we are better throughout the year for having, in spirit, become a child again at Christmas time. This is a Christmas meditation. E. Stanley Jones is the author. 1942 is the year of publication. A little boy stood before the picture of his absent father and then turned to his mother and wistfully said, I wish father would step out of the picture. This little boy expressed the deepest yearning of the human heart. We, who have gazed upon the picture of God in nature, are grateful, but not satisfied. We want our Father to step out of the impersonal picture and meet us as a person. The impersonal laid no hold on my heart, said Tulsi Das, the great poet of India. It never does, for the human heart is personal, 
and wants a personal response. Why don't principles do? Why do we need a personal God, someone asks. Well, suppose you go to a child crying for its mother and say, Don't cry, little child. I'm going to give you the principle of motherhood. Will the tears dry and the face light up? Hardly. The child would brush aside your principle of motherhood and cry for its mother. We all want not a principle, not a picture, but a person. The Father has stepped out of the picture. The Word has become flesh. This is the meaning of Christmas. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the personal approach from the unseen. We almost gasp at the picture as the picture steps out of the frame. We did not dare dream God was like Christ, but he is. Just as I analyze chemically the tiny sunbeam and discover it is in the chemical makeup of the vast sun, so I look at the character and life of Jesus and I know what God's character is like. He is Christ-like. You have an advantage, says Dr. Hu Xu, the father of the Renaissance movement in China, in that all the ideas in Christianity have become embodied in a person. Yes, and the furthest advantage of our faith is this. The Christmas word must become flesh in me too. I, too, must become the Word made flesh. I must be a miniature Christmas. The Christian spirit is the Christmas spirit, extended through the whole year. It is the attitude toward every person, the atmosphere of every act. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. 
So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 1231-21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. With today's technology, anyone can take a video. But getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcasts, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. We're just talking about King, good King Wes's loss. That's a tough word to say. Yeah. I, I, can't, I was impressed the guy sang it. You know what I learned about him today? Tell me. He was from Bohemia. Wait. Bohemia is a place? Yeah. That's exactly... What? That is exactly what I said when I heard it. Bohemia is a place? thought it was the Rhapsody and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a... Uh, it was a... a uh, what would you call it? It was like a, a part of the... Um, of Rome. Of the... Part of the Empire. Part of the Empire. And it was like the over in like Poland, I think Bavaria in Germany was part of it. Um, over into you know Slovenia, Croatia, all over Eastern there. Europe. Yeah, and he was a he was a duke, Who? as I remember Wenceslas. Yeah. Um, but he was killed. He was and he, he was a, a friend of the of the common man, a friend of those who were poor. Was and he? He a liked king? he liked he was a duke. A duke. He was a duke, but his brother ended up. His brother didn't like him and didn't like his affection for those who didn't have much and so he ended up killing him and um he was he's now seen as a martyr wenceslas um and he was christian martyr yeah and so he was promoted to king posthumously because of his good works so he wasn't a king when he was alive but he became a king after his death that's interesting the duke becomes a martyr uh becomes the king in bohemia i like that it's a really good story who knew huh well, we were talking a little earlier before the show about, you know, favorite Christmases. And then, of course, the flip side of that coin is like worst Christmases. In all the Christmas celebrations and the gathering that people like look forward to, have you ever felt lonely on Christmas Day? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Even though you were with oh, friends. didn't matter. You were not alone. Well, here's the thing, though. I My loneliest Christmases were the ones I spent in the hospital with my dad. Hmm. Um, my dad spent two Christmases, the totality of the holiday in the hospital. The totality. Like yeah, the whole week. Weeks. Yeah. 
in the hospital. And uh, there is, uh, I, in my life, have never experienced a lonelier place than a hospital on a holiday. Oh, I can't imagine, right? Because it's reduced staff. There's nobody around. Rounds. And you know, this sounds so goofy, but the gift shop is closed. And I don't know why that was so depressing to me, but it just seemed like everything. Everything. You I mean, I didn't even need anything from the gift shop. I didn't. It was just the fact that there was nobody there. And it just, I don't know, maybe it, it accents the fact that you're not supposed to be there either. Right. So but all, you are. So old people, babies, little kids, right? right? Housewives. So, every, if you're in the hospital and those caregivers, those people who love you, it's a very, very lonely place. It's a hard place. time. Yeah, you never consider that. When yeah. you're healthy and not, you know, you just drive by. But isn't that what it means, Emmanuel, with us? He's not, I mean, yeah, he's with us when everything's fine and we're around the fire with all the fam. But he's with us in very, very dark times when Christmas is nothing to celebrate. Or it seems like it isn't. Prayers for the lonely this Christmas. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. In Minneapolis, Judge Regina Chu reads the jury's verdict on a first-degree manslaughter charge against former officer Kim Potter and the death of black motorist Dante Wright. We, the jury, on the charge of manslaughter in the first degree while committing a misdemeanor on or about April 11, 2021, in Hennepin County, state of Minnesota, find the defendant guilty. Potter also found guilty on a second-degree manslaughter charge. The 20-year-old Wright was shot and killed during an April 11th traffic stop in Brooklyn Center as Potter and other officers were trying to arrest him on an outstanding warrant for weapons possession charge. She says the... Uh, she accidentally pulled her gun instead of her taser. Stocks remain sharply higher. The Dow up over 200 points. This is SRN News. As the challenges of the pandemic continue, families living in poverty are facing fears. They're afraid of hunger. They're afraid of eviction. But they're not afraid of hard work. When two jobs aren't enough, they find a way to keep going for their families. But when you give to the Salvation Army Western PA, you help their hopes outpace their fears. Your donation to the Salvation Army Western PA Red Cattle Campaign helps local, hardworking families fend off homelessness. Keep hope marching on. Give today at SalvationArmyWPA.org slash hope marches on. If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffitt forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or 
tour. Stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Got church? We do 24-7. And now you can watch Cornerstone Television's Pittsburgh Faith and Family Channel on Comcast Channel 1185. Use the Faith and Family Channel to watch local inspirational services conveniently from your home or peruse our channel for a sneak peek at a church to visit in person this Sunday. Check out Pittsburgh Faith and Family on Comcast Xfinity Channel 1185, Verizon Channel 472, or Armstrong Channel 95. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. Visit Salem.cc to apply. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. Becoming partly cloudy tonight, we'll see a low of 34, but temperatures will rise into the lower 40s. For Christmas Eve tomorrow, we'll see low clouds with a little rain late in the afternoon. Expect a high tomorrow of 50. For Christmas Day Saturday, it will be mild with periods of rain. We'll reach a high Christmas Day of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. Merry Thursday. Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you. Kath brought in um, some of a cranberry bread that she made. No, Anna, my daughter made this one. Anna, your daughter made. Mm-hmm. And we're all enjoying it. You can see us eat it, but which is like the worst. Yeah, it's terrible to watch other people eat. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody wants to do no, that. certainly not. But I'm inviting people to do that. Right. Now, yesterday on... Um, YouTube, there was a request for the re- for the recipe. You guys, and? I can't give that out. Why? Because it's you... family lore. It's family lore. I don't understand that. Why? Why am I keeping it to myself? Yeah. Because, it John, seems It is. It seems a little... Maybe I'll leave instructions with my attorney that upon my death... What? Really? Why would you deny can be, people it, that? It can be publicized. Like, you don't want to, like... No, because you know what? It took me a long time to get to this recipe, John. It what took do you mean me a long time. You? What? I mean, I, I had... had it? Oh, this is oh I you like made? developed this. Over oh, the this years. is yours. Oh, yeah. So well, it's not I like, just thought it was like, you know. No, I didn't get it from like allrecipes.com. Hmm. You didn't? Initially, you had to get it somewhere. I did. I started with a cranberry bread recipe from the Silver Palette, I think. Oh. You had that cookbook, you and your wife? Yeah, yeah my mm-hmm. wife has that. I think that's where I got the original recipe. It's a good cookbook. Like, no, I, I know. Yeah, right. Like all the cooking John does out of it. It's easy. Crying out loud. So easy. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. Um. I want to ask either one of you before we go any further to name me one food item that you know you're going to have in the next two days that you're super excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My uh, wife and kids went to this trip today. 
Oh, did oh, I bet I know what they got. They got the strip meal. Mm-hmm. I know what they and got. The olives, cheeses, mm-hmm. olives, supersada, mm-hmm. pepperonis with um, some ciabatta from Breadworks. Mm-hmm. That's so delicious. That's the that's to look forward to. Also, we're going to have lamb. Are you? Mm-hmm. Well, pardon me. <laughs> yeah, Christy, talk to me. We do cinnamon rolls. Oh, oh stop it. Christmas morning. That oh. cinnamon rolls. How do that you could top be, that? That could be one of the greatest inventions of all time. I Who never was? have them. I only have them on Christmas. Right. I can't wait. Oh, mm. my gosh. That's so epic. Now, is that something that you will have? Is that your job? Oh, heck no. Okay. My mom will, like, somebody will get up way before me and mm-hmm. make them. Are they made? They're like a Some, family recipe? Oh, no, no, no. We're not like, you know, we're yeah. slow in the morning, you know? Mm-hmm. On Christmas morning. Well, we're all old now, you oh, know. Old, you're 28. Yeah, she's, she's almost 30, John. Right. I know I'm on, in the wrong side of my 20s. I saw mm-hmm. that AARP card in your uh, yeah. in mailbox, in the mailbox out there. <laughs> they want you to sign up <laughs> for really vitamins. Catch, things are really catching up with her. Uh-huh. Yeah, no 28. It's the it's like going downhill at 28. Hey, I got gray hairs on my head. Get no. out of here! Come on, cry me a river. No, that's not uh, really. Mm-hmm. At least you have hair on your head. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Everybody has their cross to bear, I believe. I got my hair colored yesterday, mm. so I'm good. The gray's all covered up. You guys I didn't don't... even notice. Usually mm. I notice. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't notice. John hurt my feelings. <laughs> really didn't. <laughs> right. I really don't care about Mm-mm. that at all. Um, okay, so the good news. Keep talking. I'm, I'm eating. Sure. Is that Christmas services, according to the PG today, are mostly in person this year. I mean, there are a couple tweaks that are going on, but if, you, if you think about last year, I mean, as frustrated as we all are with the Omicron and everything else, it's way better than it was. It's not like we're doing no, a repeat of last year. No, we're not. No. Right? Especially if you feel like, you know, you shot it up and you're boosted up and all that and, you know, whatever. I'm pre-boosted. Pre-boosted. You know what that means? What, no. Is that I have an appointment for a booster. When When's that happening? It's right after Christmas. <laughs> pre-boosted. It's not like, like, you know, you're part of a NASA space. Yeah, where, it is. That's what it sounds like. Oh, uh, we're preparing mm. for the pre-booster mode. <laughs> <That's me. laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, we sent this article... Uh, Anya Sostek, uh, who's a writer for the PG, Christmas services uh, tweaked St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Mount Lebanon. Uh, their Christmas Eve service starts at noon tomorrow really? in order to accommodate all those who would like to attend and allow for social distancing. The church will hold six separate Christmas Eve services every two hours from noon until 10 p.m. Holy smokes. That's a commitment. I love that. Wow. Congratulations, St. Paul's Episcopal Church. Wait, you're shaking your head like you... Oh, you <laughs> again, <laughs> can't ask Christy. Full. Yeah, she can't be talking about it right now. So six services, each at a maximum 50% capacity. They say uh, everyone's good to go. Okay. Uh, Allison Park Church has six campuses in the region. The Christmas season largely back to its uh, pre-COVID days. The church presents a Christmas program called Wonder with shows not services, with shows on Christmas week from Tuesday through Saturday, going on right now. The show is accompanied by a hot chocolate bar, fairly similar to what the church did before COVID, with the addition of a hand sanitizer station, more cleaning. Well, that sounds like a, a great time. Please, please, Mommy, and, uh, will you take me to the hand sanitizer station? Well, yeah, because you're getting a hot chocolate bar. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just right? trying to keep things light. Elfinwild Presbyterian Church in Shaler holding one of its Christmas Eve services outdoors for All the right. second year in a row, okay. hoping the weather will be better than last year's rain and wind. Right. And uh, Shadyside Prez in Shadyside, uh, which did not open for in-person until April after Easter, holding its first in-person Christmas worship since 2019. 
and everybody's uh, asked to wear masks, yada, yada. The Catholic Diocese, also keeping a close eye, uh, Jennifer and Koviak, uh, said they are proceeding with in-person She's a services. So uh, it feels as though, you know, what your results may vary depending upon your church, I believe. And the bad right. news is, for the second Christmas, the Holy Land is closed to pilgrims. It's an NPR story How today. they close the Holy Land? Well, I see. I mean, what do they do? They put like a, like a yellow police tape and say, don't come in? Probably. That's rough. Isn't it? Wait, I'm sorry. Just one more bite. Okay. Let's take a moment while John has the last bit of... That's good. And you know what was good about that last bite? You did a good job Thank because you. you have to save one that has a lot of cranberries in it for the last one. <laughs> right. You know, you, gotta, oh, you, no you have fool. to be like judicious about it. You have to like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, when you're eating a layer cake... You have to save the frosting piece, the pieces with the frosting for the last bites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have like a, a whole chronology you follow. Do you think most people do that? Like rules for eating? You, know, rules for eating. you think so? Yeah. Right? I mean, because you want to like play a game. It's kind of like you are playing a game with yourself, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like the ultimate treat way to eat. Right. Okay. Now, here's the thing. This is really funny. Now, <laughs> listen. This started this started back oh. before there was streaming. Yeah. And before there was any, you know, remember when we used to have to watch TV shows and have to sit through the commercials? Yeah. Okay. So if I was eating something I was really excited about, yeah. I would stop eating during the commercials. <laughs> because that would like somehow like impinge on no, my no. enjoyment. I get it. Right. I had to maximize the experience. <laughs> I do that now. Do you really? Well like yeah. like you're streaming something? Yes. Do not like you know get ready to like you know the whole streaming apparatus set up. You have to have like the beginning sentence right. on pause as you sit down with yes. your hot meal yes. so that you can unhick the pause yes. and the show starts and then you can right but first you got to pray right so it's all right, com- right, right. yeah I it's mean, all a matter of timing it's the chronology i told you about i believe you know being in radio serves us well because we have a very acute sense of timing we for do. better or worse i mean our poor f- families right. are they like, suffer oh through God. that just last night what i was sitting around eating with my family and uh one of the persons <laughs> who will remain nameless said you know i was on a zoom meeting tonight mm-hmm. and everybody else at the meeting had already eaten by the time we had the meeting. But of course, our family hadn't because. Because no, you don't eat till midnight. Right, exactly. Because we don't get home until seven and then we have to cook and then it's a big mess. Good. And I, then I took them that moment to apologize to my entire nuclear family and the two cats. Don't apologize. I said, you guys, all of you, I'm very sorry. Because the cats don't eat till 1030. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Look, I feed everybody else, then yep. we do all the dishes and clean up, get my pajamas on, and then feed the cats. So they're actually probably annoyed at my career choice also. <laughs> Whatever. That's crazy. Whatever. Really, I mean, seriously, like I've said this a million times, growing up, five o'clock, we ate like the Swiss, you know, Swiss watch. Mm-hmm. There was, five o'clock, the meal was on the table. I don't know why my father, like, you know, must have laid it out or something like that. By the time I came along, six out of seven, that cast, you know, that mold was already cast. Five o'clock, I mean, we're just getting underway. Right. We have so much work to do at oh, that point. So Good really, grief. by the time our meal, but generally we're eating... Eight-ish, maybe yeah, eight thirty, probably. Same with us. Somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, but by that time, aren't you hungry? Oh my gosh! Are you However, we me? just you know broken a cardinal rule. We've had a piece of cranberry. Yeah, we've had, well, that's because it's Christmas for crying out loud. We're eating out of paper so, plates. Those of you who watch or are watching on YouTube, the Right Home Streams live yeah. on YouTube at the word Pittsburgh. It looks kind of like a mess. John decorated the studio yesterday. <laughs> it's good. I don't think I need to tell you what that looks like. <laughs> you don't think it looks good? Yeah, it's fine. It's, right. it's good. Anyway, coming up next, Reverend Josh Brown will be with us. We're going to talk about the birth of Jesus. It's more than the manger. It's more than the nativity. 
Right. If you don't know the whole story of Jesus, then you're only celebrating just a tiny little blip. Talk about it next. 101.5 WORD. Most Christians take mercy, forgiveness, and love, and grace, and they kind of muddle them together in a big salad. The Bible makes it very clear that there is a distinction between each one of those. Mercy is more than just forgiveness. That mercy is less than love. And that mercy is different from grace. Make sure to tune in this week to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Tell me, why a team worth $800 million should put you in the driver's seat? This Christmas, if you give me a chance, I will not let you down. Life made him an underdog. All my life, I've defined myself through sports. I was meant for something more. Faith made him a champion. God is going to do something great with you. Experience the true story of legendary quarterback Kurt Warner. Destiny wants of the underdogs. You want to prove that? American Underdog. In theaters everywhere, Christmas Day. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now. 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at SaveChildrenToday.org. That's SaveChildrenToday.org. I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now. But if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 and Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. Happy Holidays. like jingle bells right? sounds like they're like having a little party and singing <laughs> josh brown is with us pastor brown i mean that's that's, that's hard to did beat. you hear that song josh i, I heard i heard it the everything's coming on yeah mm-hmm. that, that <laughs> was something i was like it was like a bunch of little friends of ours singing or something the heck? Yeah. yeah yeah i liked it um josh when we think when we think about christmas we oftentimes say the same things. We do the same readings at church, which are all good. Re- I mean, it's not like I'm 
oh, going to say again. that the nativity reading is boring. You know, Wait, it's not. That, no, it's not that. It's not that. We just at all. did this last year. No, um, but uh, but I think that you know sometimes our celebration of Christmas can be kind of tunnel vision. Um, and, uh, you know, you and I talked about this before, and um, I think you probably see it the same way. Um, so talk about it. When, when you celebrate Christmas, what does – I mean, I don't mean like what do you do with your family, but kind of what goes on in your head. Right. Yeah, I think you're right, Kathy. The, the familiar stories are, are wonderful, and I agree. There's no reason to not try to shortchange those or, or deny the significance or anything like that of them. But there's a, a fullness to the story that I think sometimes we don't always do as good of a job as presenting as we should. So the fullness of the story, um, a lot of people think, okay, so what is it? So the fullness of the story is that Jesus was, you know, the whole Mary Joseph story, Jesus was born. And then what are we, where does the story stop? Where does it start? Well, well, that's the thing. It's it's actually, uh, it includes kind of every, everything is involved in it. And, the Christmas story is wonderful, and um, I agree with you. Like we said, and it's a wonderful thing. Sometimes it, it almost gets treated like its own little independent short story. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just kind of like a part of this like larger anthology of other short stories in the Bible, and we think that they're connected simply because they're in the Bible, but don't see maybe like the through line that actually shows us that they're a part of a greater whole. So, uh, I mean, really, all of everything in the Old Testament really is, is building up to that. So the Christmas story doesn't just come out of nowhere. It doesn't just drop on the scene as like a completely unrelated or disjointed thing, but uh, everything has been building up to that. Really? Okay, so then you would be surprised if someone said, hey, let me read you the Christmas story, and then they would start in Genesis 1. Yeah, yeah, you can certainly start there. I mean, Genesis 1 is a creation, right? And then you read something like Colossians 1, which says mm-hmm. that Jesus is the one through whom, for whom, and by whom all things were created. And right off the bat, then you think, whoa, wait a minute, then there's something, something's going on here. This baby that was born did not just show up for the first time on the scene uh, then. He took on flesh for the first time. That was when the Word became flesh. But the Son of God was, something was going on, an active way back at the beginning. And yeah, then Genesis 3 is a very famous promise right after Adam and Eve rebelled, where God said, uh, one day one of your descendants is going to crush the head of that serpent. So right off, right from there, you start to see, all right, there's a story that's starting to unfold then as everything is leading up to the birth of that promised descendant who would accomplish those things. So yeah, it's not the, the start of a brand new story. It's kind of like the, the apex of this one that had been unfolding up to that point. I have a friend who says that he's continually frustrated at how people, how Christians read the Bible, is that they kind of like mm. let the Bible fall open and like pick out a verse and say, well, that, that must be my devotion <laughs> for today. Or, <laughs> people you know, do that. Right? I know sure. people do that. But the other thing, I don't mean to be disrespectful of that because well, it's no, not like but... the Holy Spirit cannot speak through that. I would, I, I would never say that. I, um, right. But how about also the kind of thing where I'm only going to read the Gospels or I don't, mm-hmm. I only read the yeah. New Testament. Um, yeah. Or people who only, you know, I only have a New Testament. Right. Well, that, uh, I mean, as you, I know you know this, that, that was one of the very first heresies that the early Church identified. There was in particular a man named Marcion who taught that the Old and New Testaments are completely separate. He went so far as to say you actually had a different God in those two different ones. Really? Um, so there was no point of connection between the two. And the early Church said, no, that's, that's a heretical view of Scripture. That was one of the first heresies that the Church identified. So... We rarely see it, I think, that explicit nowadays, something like that, where people would say, uh, well, the Old and New Testaments have no connection. In fact, there are different stories about different gods. You, re- you rarely see it that explicitly, 
But I think there is a little bit more implicit practice of that. Like you said, Kathy, and it's where, well, you know, we can read the Old Testament for some like moral stories from time to time, maybe, but you really get into the New Testament and the Gospels, and that's where that's where things really, that's where the real stuff is. Right. Um, that, that is an implicit practice uh, that people have, if not a stated belief. Right, and, and we wouldn't approach another book that way. You know, especially if we're no. reading a story, if whatever we're reading at the end, we just assume had something to do with the beginning. Yeah, we, we do. I mean, that happens in some other uh, things. You're right. Maybe we pick to jump to our favorite chapter in a novel or our favorite book in a series of novels or something like that. But the author would certainly want you to see the whole thing that had been building up to that point. And, and you get to, you don't really see the whole picture. So in yeah. Scripture itself points us that way, right? Like a passage in Galatians 4 where Paul said, In the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those who are under the law. And right off the bat, I said, well, what does that mean in the fullness of time? And I mean, this was something that God had been preparing for and building up to and leading to. And you say, well, yeah, that's exactly what the Old Testament is showing us. Right. But I, I don't know if I, you know, our listeners would remember, I mean, you know, my gram used to get the Reader's Digest, right? And I remember, like, you know, the yeah. Reader's Digest would, you know, great works of literature. And they would do, like, you know, War and Peace, and it'd be, like, 30 pages long. Right, well, they, right. right. the great illustrated classics. Yeah. Right, they would distill things yeah, down yeah. very quickly. I mean, and not to say that you want to do the Reader's Digest version of the Christmas story, but there is something, especially, you know, at Christmas time, of going to the heart of the story. I mean, people, a lot of people just won't or can't or just don't read their Bible. Or, or intimidated by it. It's, a, it's a very large book and all sorts sure. of different types of literature in there, so I'm not saying it's easy reading for sure. Yeah, and it's not just looking backwards, right? It's even going forward from the Christmas story through the rest of even the Gospels or the rest of Scripture. Uh, people have a hard time, I think, kind of understanding how do you connect the birth of Jesus with his death, with his resurrection, with his ascension, with his promised return? Um, how, how did some of those things all connect? Is this, did those things kind of come about as sort of, well, now that Jesus is saying, you know, well, now that I'm here, I guess I'll do something. I don't mean to speak so <laughs> cavalierly about it, but... I don't think people always are able to see it. No, this was the very, the very reason for which he came was to be able to do those things, and that, that we're still in the story, right? He hasn't returned yet, so this story is, is still one that we're looking forward to with expectation. Yeah, with expectation. Josh Brown is with us from Belfield Presbyterian Church. It's in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. So, Josh, um, you know, as a pastor, uh, this is, uh, in, in many ways, the, the highlight of the year, but it's also, you know, you're at work as well. So you, you carry, you know, a, a lot of weight with you. Um, it, it, do you feel as though, you know, like the rest of the world gets to celebrate Christmas, but you, as the shepherd in some ways, you know, you're, you're working, so do you miss it somehow? I mean, do you ever feel like, I need to take a sabbatical so I can really enjoy Christmas? Uh, that's a good question, John. <laughs> I mean, my wife would probably give you an answer. Different <laughs> answer that too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think there is a way in which uh, a way in which there's a different um, sort of privilege, actually, of, of being able to shepherd people through the season. That sure. maybe uh, is, is a kind of busy time, and, and I do see it that way. I really do. Um, but yeah, it's. It is a time to celebrate, um, but it's not for everybody, and we know that. I, we've talked about that. And I've been on the air with you guys before, too. Holidays in particular can be a difficult time for a lot of people, so just even an awareness that there's a, there's certainly reason to be celebrating and giving joy and rejoicing, 
Um, but I, you know, I spend an spend part of my afternoon this afternoon having a conversation with someone on how to how to make some decisions about end of life care for a loved one. Um, they're they're doing that right now, and so that's yeah. There's there's a lot going on uh, throughout the season, and you do want to be able to celebrate it, um, but you also want to be aware of how people are experiencing these things. And yet, it's even that awareness of of the fact that people are experiencing it in all kinds of different ways that makes it amazing that you can say no matter where you are right now, there is something in this that is good news for you. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about that. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, and isn't it amazing how, you know, we were talking about the celebrating at Christmas the larger story, the whole story of Jesus, mm-hmm. is that, you know, somewhere between, you know, the end of the letters in the New Testament and the foretaste in Revelation, our story's in there. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, yeah. it's shocking to to think that we have been included in that. Right. That's a really good point. You know, I, and it, it, and I, I would never want to, I, in fact, I always tend to reject super personalizations of, you know, the Christian faith because I think a lot, you know, so mm-hmm. much of it is we're the church and it's communal. But at the same time, right. I was just talking to my daughter about this today. It's not that it's impersonal either. There is an incredibly personal, um, moment when you think about jesus coming as emmanuel god with us that that's god with me well yeah yeah god with me i mean that's a really good point because i remember being a kid and you know watching or you know looking at family photo albums you know all the pictures of the family and i as a kid i wasn't really interested in everybody else's picture until i arrived on the scene (laughs) and then i was like you know it would get your attention oh look there's me so like the story's about us but it's also the larger family well before us as well it, it is. You're right. It's that, and that's a, that's a kind of wonderful angle to it. It's uh, I mean, as one of the you know one of the carols we sing now here says, it's the hopes and fears of all the years mm-hmm. that are, are met in Him tonight. So there is this sense that across the generations, people have uh, been able to look to this to the good news of of the fact that the Savior has come, that God is with us, that God is for us in Jesus Christ, and across all the ages and and throughout the centuries, people have also been looking ahead to say, this same Jesus will return to make all things new. And that we talked about this, I think, even the last time I was on with you, that balance of anticipating and celebrating um, alongside people in every place and in every time, but also, as you said, it's it's a personal thing to understand that your greatest hope is going to be found in Jesus Christ, the one who has come and is coming again. Yeah. Josh, before you give us the details on Christmas at Belfield Church, um, I do want to ask you the question I asked um, John and Christy before you came on, which is, I would like to know one element of food that you're going to eat, you know you're going to eat over the next 48 hours that you're excited about. One element of food over the next 48 hours that we're excited about. So... um, Let's see. My my wife's side of the family has some roots in, in Tennessee area, so she has a great family recipe for like biscuits and gravy. Oh, uh, so we do that often. Yeah, like uh, like holiday mornings or some Saturdays or stuff like that. She really enjoys making that. So I actually have not asked her that for sure, but I'm kind of just assuming that. Mm, that's on the menu. Christmas morning. That's usually yeah. Oh. We usually got some scratch, some scratch made biscuits and gravy, which are my boys love it, and uh, that's that's just kind of one of the things we do. Not popping fresh. No, 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 no. She's she's wonderful. She yeah, she does it. She does it the way that uh, <laughs> the way you should. The way you should. <laughs> the way you should. I mean, you don't want to brag, but you do need to brag, Josh. It's your wife, right? Yeah, That's right. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Sure, I can do that. Right? Good stuff. Heck yeah, you can. Yeah. All right. So tell us about Christmas at Belfield. 
We are having a Christmas Eve service tomorrow at 5 o'clock at the church. We'll be live streaming that, which you can find directly from our website. Uh, so we do some, it's a, it's a more traditional service in terms of uh, some carols, some uh, scripture readings. We do some candle, uh, candle lighting, closing to the service there. So that's happening at 5 p.m. tomorrow, uh, also on our live stream that you can find on the website. And then on Sunday, uh, we have a slightly different schedule than we typically do on Sunday. We're just having one service on the 26th at 10.30 in the morning. Uh, out of the church, so we have that available Fair on enough. the 26th. Um, there's more information that you can find at belfield.org. Very nice. Well, Josh, it's always a great pleasure when you join us. We appreciate all the time you've spent here with us. And, uh, the, the, and the, the great content you've given us. Always and great. A lot yeah. of good conversation. It's very, very... Uh, my, my pleasure. I, it's, a, it's a wonderful privilege to get to spend a little time with you. I thank you for giving me any time that we can to talk about these things. So uh, glad to be able to do so a couple of days before Christmas, and I hope that you and your families have a wonderful holiday. Yeah, thank and you. I hope you really love that biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Merry Christmas. I'd like to the, see a photo of that. The Brown household. That's very not nice. a light breakfast. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare, and that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel the timeshare and that's how it all started i fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court if i had lost that lawsuit there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare i guarantee if we take you as a client we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing call wesley financial group now for a free information kit 800-786-9300 that's 800-786-9300 As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawoski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. Visit Salem.cc to apply. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. There's no use hiding it. I have the handyman skills of a newborn giraffe. No offense to giraffes. Luckily, though, I have a friend who has a guy for everything. Need your house painted, your sink unclogged, your car gasket rotated? He's got a guy for that. When it comes to buying a new home, it's often the same. Your realtor or a friend will often have a mortgage contact they work with. I guess what we're asking is to give us a chance to be your guy or gal for two reasons. We're committed to Word FM. We chose this station specifically because of our core beliefs. Secondly, we have a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. For you, this often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on that brand new home. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. I'm listener 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License Number 22672. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. 
As the challenges of the pandemic continue, families living in poverty are facing fears. They're afraid of hunger. They're afraid of eviction. But they're not afraid of hard work. When two jobs aren't enough, they find a way to keep going for their families. But when you give to the Salvation Army Western PA, you help their hopes outpace their fears. Your donation to the Salvation Army Western PA Red Kettle Campaign helps local, hardworking families fend off homelessness. Keep hope marching on. Give today at SalvationArmyWPA.org slash hope marches on. Becoming partly cloudy tonight, we'll see a low of 34, but temperatures will rise into the lower 40s. For Christmas Eve tomorrow, we'll see low clouds with a little rain late in the afternoon. Expect a high tomorrow of 50. For Christmas Day Saturday, it will be mild with periods of rain. We'll reach a high Christmas Day of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. sense does what make sense roasted chestnuts as in on an open fire or any other way have you had them mm-hmm. they don't make a lot of sense they don't because they don't really taste that good do they no i mean it sounds very romantic and mm-hmm. idyllic oh yeah roasted that's poetry roasted chestnuts on the open fire what could possibly be bad about that plus how much do you and I love a nut? Oh. You name the nut. I'm good with it. And they're roasted? It sounds... Great. But having had roasted chestnuts, it falls far short, I would say. It's a disappointment. It is a disappointment. I'm glad you said that. Because you have your hopes up here. Right. Hey, who wants some roasted chestnuts? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Kidding me? And then you eat one and you go, <clears throat> uh, you know what? Uh, can I have a Coke? And does anybody have any salt? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> something else? That's really interesting. So that's like, like a, you know, how we take something that's kind of weird and turn it into something good until you try it. And you go, no, that's really kind of weird. <laughs> Let's go back and not do that again. Which brings me to mine. Does this make sense? The mistletoe. Huh. The mistletoe. Uh, <laughs> now... The mistletoe. Mm-hmm. There it is in the doorway. Hanging there. Buy it. Put it up there. Come mm-hmm. here. Come here. Hey. There's my wife over there. Come on over here. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's hang out here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Spend some time under the mistletoe. And that's nice. Who doesn't want to do that? At the meantime, though, you're kissing under a piece of poison. And the etymology of mistletoe. Do you know the etymology of all that? No. Here's what, let me tell you. I bet it doesn't make sense, though. Well, here's what, here, etymology is, mistle comes from the Anglo-Saxon word for dung. Dung? Dung. And tan means twig. So it's a poop twig. twig. Of- <laughs> and, you're hang- and you're hanging out kissing? Well, uh, I thought it made sense, but now. Merry Christmas. Not so much. So, does mistletoe make sense? I mean, because, you know, it's a call to action. <laughs> right? Come over here, my lady. Where's the missus? But then you go, uh, the dung twig is calling. I don't think so. That kind of takes the magic out of it. It does. Right. Yeah. After the loving is gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Earth, wind, and fire. How could you leave me on? <laughs> okay, so the bottom line then is I feel like it's a no-no. Chestnuts it, on the open that, fire. That, no. 
That Short, doesn't it doesn't make sense. The mistletoe? I want it to make sense. I don't think it does though. The dung twig. <laughs> doesn't make sense. Anyway, Merry Christmas. That makes sense. 101.5 WORD. Maybe you read the story of Jesus' birth every year around this time, and that's good. But digging a little deeper, going behind the scenes can revolutionize the way you celebrate his birth. So join John MacArthur as he takes an in-depth look at the Christmas story all this week here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Christmas at the Springhouse in 84 means lots of activities. Although we don't look like elves, we certainly feel like Santa's helpers as we go about our daily chores. In the bake shop, we're making pie dough and pie fillings from scratch to produce the best homemade pies you've ever tasted. The favorites are raspberry, apple crumb, caramel walnut, pumpkin, and sour cherry. And we're also doing all kinds of breads and cookies for gifts or just for good eating. In the basket-making area, we're putting together wonderful country gift baskets just popping full and topped with beautiful bows. We like to say they're no fluff. They're just filled with good stuff. In the smokehouse, we're smoking round the clock our own hickory-smoked hams, turkeys, and even salmon. And I almost forgot we're also making our own eggnog with fresh milk from our own cows, and it's wonderful. Throughout the Springhouse store, we're filled with country gifts that will delight the young and the young at heart. Come to the Springhouse in 84 for an old-fashioned Christmas. Do you pay for your own health insurance? Are you self-employed, a gig worker? Are you a small business owner trying to help your employees find affordable benefits? If so, listen up. My name is Tom Yakupin, and you can save 25 to 50% or more on your monthly premiums and have benefits with first dollar protection on many common outpatient services. That's right, no deductible, no co-payments. With many traditional health plans, you're functionally uninsured because of deductibles, co-pays, and other cost-sharing devices that benefit the insurance company, but not you. With New Era Health Plans, you can access doctors, hospitals, and urgent care facilities with our Freedom of Choice nationwide PPO network, including Washington Hospital, St. Clair, Allegheny General, and UPMC. Call me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187, or visit us online at NewEraHealthPlans.com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. The first Noel the angels did say Was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay In fields where they lay keeping their sheep On a cold winter's night Catherine, I've been reading... Christmas reflectives, and the fact is, I mean, so many great minds—poets, mm-hmm. writers, thinkers—who love Jesus were able to take that love and put pen to paper and express that in ways that you and I 
just weren't able to do so. Yeah, we just don't have the skill for it. We don't have the maybe the insight for it. Right. So here's a piece called Jesus by C.H. Spurgeon. Bernard has delightfully said that the name of Jesus is honey in the mouth, melody in the ear, and joy in the heart. So inexpressibly fragrant is the name of Jesus that it imparts a delicious perfume to everything which comes in connection with it. Our thoughts will turn this morning to the first use of the name in connection with our Lord when the child who was yet to be born was named Jesus. Here we find everything suggestive of comfort. The person to whom that name was first revealed was Joseph, a carpenter, a humble man, a working man, unknown and undistinguished save by the justice of his character. To the artisan of Nazareth was this name first imparted. It is not, therefore, a title to be monopolized by the ears of princes, sages, priests, warriors, or men of wealth. It is the name to be made a household word among common people. He is the people's Christ. For of old it was said of him, I have exalted one chosen out of the people. Let every carpenter, every worker of every sort rejoice with all other sorts of men in the name of Jesus. The angel spake to him in a dream. That name is so soft and sweet that it breaks no man's rest, but rather yields a peace unrivaled, the peace of God. With such a dream, Joseph's sleep was more blessed than his waking. The name is evermore this power, for, to those who know it, it unveils a glory brighter than dreams have ever imagined. Under its power, young men see visions and old men dream dreams, and these do not mock them, but are prophecies faithful and true. The name of Jesus brings before our minds a vision of glory in the latter days, when Jesus shall reign from pole to pole, and yet another vision of glory unutterable, when his people shall be with him where he is. The name of Jesus was sweet at first because of the words with which it was accompanied, for they were meant to remove perplexity from Joseph's mind, and some of them ran thus, Fear not. Truly, no name can banish fear like the name of Jesus. It's the beginning of hope and the end of despair. Let but the sinner hear of the Savior, and he forgets to die. He hopes to live. He rises out of the deadly lethargy of his hopelessness, and, looking upward, he sees a reconciled God and fears no longer. It is a name which the Holy Ghost explains, for he tells us the reason for the name of Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Savior is the meaning of the name, but it has a fuller sense hidden within. For in its Hebrew form, it means the salvation of the Lord, or the Lord of salvation, or the Savior. The angel interprets it. He shall save, and the word for he is very emphatic. According to many scholars, the divine name, the incommunicable title of the Most High, is contained in Joshua, the Hebrew form of Jesus, so that in full the word means Jehovah Savior. And in brief, it signifies Savior. It is given to our Lord because He saves.
not according to any temporary and common salvation from enemies and troubles, but he saves from spiritual enemies and specifically from sins. Joshua of old was a savior. Gideon was a savior. David was a savior. But the title is given to our Lord above all others because he is a savior in a sense in which no one else is or can be. He saves his people from their sins. Glorious beyond measure is the name Jesus, as it is divinely expounded to us. For by that very exposition, the eternal God guarantees the success of the Savior. He declares that he shall save his people and save his people. He must. That's a piece from Spurgeon. Jesus. This is a poem written by Madeline Langle. This is uh, part of her reflections on Advent. And it starts this way. It's untitled. Come, Lord Jesus, do I dare? Cry, Lord Jesus, quickly come. Flash the lightning in the air. Crash the thunder in my home. Should I speak this awful prayer? Come, Lord Jesus, help me dare. Come, Lord Jesus, you I call. To come, come soon. Are not the child who lay once in the manger stall, and not the infant meek and mild, you come in judgment on our fall. Help me to know on whom I call. Come, Lord Jesus, come this night with your judgment and your power. For the earth is dark with blight, and in sin we run and cower. Before the splendid, raging sight of the breaking of the night. Come, my Lord, our darkest end. Break the bonds of time and space, all the powers of evil rend. By the radiance of your face, the laughing stars with joy attend. Come, Lord Jesus, be my end. Frederick Buchner wrote a piece that was released in 2004 called Christmas. The lovely old carols played and replayed till their effect is like a dentist drill or jackhammer. The pathetic banalities of the pulpit and the chilling commercialism of almost everything else. People spending money they can't afford on presents you neither need nor want. Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, the plastic tree, the cornball crash, the hallmark virgin. Yet, for all of our efforts, we've never quite managed to ruin it. That, in itself, is part of the miracle, a part you can see. Most of the miracles you can't see or don't. The young clergyman and his wife do all the things that you do on Christmas Eve. They string the lights and hang the ornaments. They supervise the hanging of the stockings. They tuck in the children. They lug the presents down out of hiding and pile them under the tree. And just as they're about to fall exhausted into bed, the husband remembers his neighbor's sheep. The man asked him to feed them for him while he was away, and in the press of other matters that night, he forgot all about them. So, down the hill he goes, through the knee-deep snow. He gets two bales of hay from the barn and carries them out to the shed. There's a 40-watt bulb hanging by its cord from the low roof, and he turns it on. The sheep huddle in a corner, watching as he snaps the baling twine, shakes the squares of hay apart, and starts scattering it. Then they come 
bumbling and shoving to get at it with their foolish, mild faces, the puffs of their breath showing in the air. He is reaching to turn off the bulb and leave when suddenly he realizes where he is. The winter darkness, the glimmer of light, the smell of the hay, and the sound of the animals eating. Where he is, of course, is the manger. He only just saw it. He whose business it is, above everything else, to have an eye for such things, is all but blind in that eye. He who on his best days believes that everything that is most precious anywhere comes from that manger might easily have gone home to bed never knowing that he himself had just been in that manger. The world is the manger. It is only by grace that he happens to see this other part of the miracle. Christmas itself is by grace. It could never have survived our own blindness and depredations otherwise. It could never have happened otherwise. Perhaps it is the very wildness and strangeness of the grace that has led us to try to tame it. We have reduced it to an occasion that we feel at home with. At best, a touching and beautiful occasion. At worst, a trite and cloying one. But... If the Christmas event is itself, indeed, a matter of cold, hard fact, all it's cracked up to be, then even at best, our efforts are misleading. The Word became flesh. Ultimate mystery, born with a skull you could crush one-handed. Incarnation. It is not tame. It is not touching. It is not beautiful. It is uninhabitable terror. It is unthinkable darkness, riven with unbearable light. Agonized laboring led to it. Vast upheavals of intergalactic space and time split apart, a wrenching and tearing of the very sinews of reality itself. You can only cover your eyes and shudder before it, before this God of God, light of light, very God a very God, who for us and for our salvation, as the Nicene Creed puts it, came down from heaven. Came down. Only then do we dare uncover our eyes and see what we can see. It is the resurrection and the life she holds in her arms. It is the bitterness of death he takes at her breast. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but how do insurance to back you up in uncertain times for not to send to Who are you for mattress firms year-end sale? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. 
So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's Severe Acute Malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now. 888-884-4836 888-884-4836 That's 888-884-4836 Or give online at SaveChildrenToday.org That's SaveChildrenToday.org Hurry into Mattress Firm's year-end sale. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price and save up to $500 on select mattresses from Sealy, Serta, Sleepies, and more. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. You want a partridge? I don't think I do, but I do love a pear. Oh, me too. That's a good Christmas thing. Yeah, that is. You know, because we have a lot of chocolate. We have mm. a lot of treats. We were talking to Josh Brown. He's having biscuits and gravy yeah. for breakfast. But a nice ripe pear. Isn't that nice? Oh. Don't you feel good about that? I really or how do. about an orange at Christmas? I like an orange. I've uh, had a taste for oranges. Lately. Have you? Yeah. I'd go out and buy a couple oranges and just, you know, go. That was very satisfying. Delicious. If you can combine those. Pears with, and orange? Well, no. If you can combine the fruit with all of the other, like, decadent treats you're having, <laughs> maybe <laughs> we won't die early. Now, I don't do, know. Do you like orange chocolate? Yes. I'm not sure you don't like I, You don't like the dark chocolate with, like, the orange essence in I, there? I mean, I wouldn't the, turn it down because it's dark chocolate. But I'm not, like, a, oh, I think really? what I'd rather have. I love have, that. How about like a big slice of like a nice orange, bite that, and then take a nice bite of bread? Well, that's fine. I, mean, that, I don't think I'm going to tell you that's a bad idea. Like in real time. Yeah, yeah, of the, yeah. You know. No, but I like that combination yeah. of the, you know, of the orange, orange, you know, those chocolate oranges that you buy and mm. you kind of crack at the top and they come into sections. Have you never had one of those? <laughs> what? A chocolate orange that you crack open? You've never? No. Christy, never. have you had a chocolate orange that you crack open? No, not that I can what think is of. Guys. Is that Polish? No, it's not. I think it might be British. Really? Yeah, it's like it looks just like an orange, but it's dark chocolate. Where'd you get and you hit like you hit it out on the top with like a little, you know, mallet, and then it just breaks all the little sections come apart and it's dark chocolate with like orange extract inside. Well, that would do the trick, I would think. I'd, I just you learn something new every day. I, I, I would have brought you guys one if I thought that you were Wait, deprived. Now, you in brought this us way. cranberry bread. I mean, you know, I can only do so much. Thank you. I really it's do. It's only twenty four hours in a day, you people. <laughs> what can I bring those guys next? What don't they have experience with <laughs> yeah. that I could help out? Very nice. I mean, good grief. Hey, this is um, this is our last show of the year. Sure is. Uh, we're doing uh, like you know, we're on vacation, so we're going to do some best ofs mm-hmm. starting tomorrow, which you know. 
kind of double-edged. You kind of miss, you know, not being here on Christmas Eve with right. you. But at the same time, I should look forward to, you know, being with my family and, and looking at the time. long right. holiday vacation. So, Right. But each day between 4 and 6, you'll have a lot of terrific content here. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy will be in charge as uh, she is on a daily basis, so we're in very good hands. We are. But, you know, especially now at this Christmas season, you know, this final mo- minute here, we think about this journey that we've been on these past couple of years, and you've been with us, and we are so, so deeply grateful for your presence in our lives. I can't overstate it enough. I mean, you make this so worthwhile to be here, mm-hmm. and we need you. We love you. We want you. For all of us together in this community to talk about, to praise, to pray, to think about Jesus on a daily basis, and then to have some fun about it, it's the absolute best. And to learn to treat each other with kindness, respect, with open ears. I mean, it's a treat to be able to do that together. It really really is. is. So, from Kath and I to you and yours, Merry Christmas and a very happy 2022. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.